Good evening. If you will turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, we continue our uh, evening series in the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 8. Tonight we'll be looking at verses 9 through 11, and uh, those of you who are most astute will be aware that we did cover verse 9 last week, and uh, I just wanted to be known that I, I don't feel that Pastor Dean needs any correction or anything like that. In fact, if you've not heard his sermon, I commend it to you. You can go back and listen to it. Uh, but as we look at this passage, I think understanding or beginning in verse 9 will help us to understand uh, the rest of the verses that we have for us for ourselves tonight uh, even better. And so uh, we will begin in verse 9 of Romans 8. If you don't have your own Bible, you can use the Pew Bible in front of you, and you can find our reading on page 944 of our Black Pew Bible. We are in Romans chapter 8. We'll read tonight from verses 9 through 11. Hear now the word of our Lord. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin... The Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Thus far the reading of God's Word. Would you please pray with me? God, I pray that you would help us to understand your Holy Spirit better tonight. Help us to love you more. Grant us faith and repentance that we may walk in your ways and delight in you. And help us to stand, O Lord, when there are great pressures that might cause us to stumble or fall. So set our eyes on you tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I was having a conversation recently with a a member of this church, and uh, I was told that I, uh, being a a pastor of a church, that I uh, have some advantages that I'm uh, insulated from this uh, culture. That, yes, while I understand the difficulties and the perhaps decline of Christianity in the culture, I I get to have an office here in this building with a bunch of Christian books and I have a title that says uh, Assistant Pastor and a a card that tells you I am a Christian and this is the church where I serve and you can come here and you can worship here. And and so even though we are living in a world that is uh, becoming increasingly hostile to uh, genuine, historic, true Christianity... Uh, that I uh, perhaps don't get the full uh, experience uh, of that. And uh, that was not a criticism, by the way. Uh, That was simply pointing out that, hey, life is getting more and more difficult as a believer uh, working and living in the society that we live in now. The, The... the values and uh, the virtues that we used to embrace not even a full generation ago are now uh, despised, 
mocked and to be a Christian in this society is, is, is more difficult than it has been in a long time. What do you do? What do you do? Well, if that's been your experience in any way, I do want to uh, recommend to you the book of Romans. Paul here is writing to Christians in Rome. And when we think about the challenges that Christians face today, uh, we losing our prestige and influence and general approval in society, I think we ought to, to give some thought to what the Christians in Rome were facing in their day. In the first century, when Paul was writing this letter, even as we heard this morning, even not long before Paul wrote this letter, all the Jews were exiled in Rome. And really, my understanding of that is that many of the Jews who were sent out were actually Christians, were sent out exiled from the city. They were allowed to come in eventually, of course, and we have Paul writing this letter here. But that's, the persecution didn't stop there, did it? We know more of, uh, of, of the, the martyrdom uh, under Nero, where Christians were, were blamed for the emperor's failures and they were brutally killed under his reign uh, so that the, the emperor could take the heat off of himself and put it onto the Christians. The apostles Paul and Peter these great pillars of, uh, of the faith, the, uh, the apostles were killed under Roman persecution. Eventually, it became entertainment in Rome to kill Christians in a stadium. As we might watch a football game or a baseball game today, it was entertainment to watch Christians being killed uh, just for uh, the, uh, the joy of an afternoon. Now, I realize saying this, that, okay, maybe it's not so bad today. That's not my point here. But what I want to say is, as as a pastor, or as a Christian brother and sister, what what do you say to someone who finds themselves in an increasingly hostile situation that just seems like everything's ready to explode? What do we need to know? What do we need to know as as believers who are living in what some are are now calling a a post-Christian age and society? Well, that's of course a a big question here, and I won't be able to answer all those details as to what to do. but, But I think as Paul is writing to these Christians, he's aware of their experience. He's aware of their experience. And he ministers to them by by reminding them, these Christians, of the benefits that they have in Jesus Christ. And you'll remember how this chapter begins. Chapter 8 and verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a privilege that is to, though the world may condemn you, the eternal God of heaven does not. Those who are in Christ Jesus, God no longer holds sin against you. You're no longer condemned by your sin. 
Instead, you are accepted and received by God and destined for glory of being God's presence. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And as we go on in in chapter 8, we see the door is being opened in these verses to, to show us many of the privileges that Christians have. And in verses 9 through 11, we see further the expanses of of the privileges, of the benefits that we have in Jesus Christ. And so Paul, writing to these people who have already experienced some suffering and they are going to experience more, and we'll see as we get through Romans 8 that, that this is a chapter written to people in the context of great suffering and what he does and what he he teaches them by by the holy spirit is he reminds them he reminds god's people the benefits that they have by virtue of belonging to jesus christ and in these just three verses that we have tonight i i want to point out four of the benefits that paul reminds us of My prayer is that by being reminded and seeing these benefits of belonging to Jesus, that we will be ministered to. That we will be ministered to and that we will be helped, especially as we face an increasingly hostile world. And so what are these benefits that we have here in these verses? Well, the first, look at verse 9. The first is this, that the Spirit of God, if you are in Christ, The Spirit of God dwells in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Every true Christian, every true believer has the Holy Spirit dwelling in him or her. And that is without exception. Look at verse 9. He says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So you see, everyone who belongs to Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit in them. And I, I want to point out that the, the Holy Spirit does not belong merely to an elite few. No, every Christian believer, every Christian believer possesses the Holy Spirit. The last sentence of this verse even says, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. In other words, he's he's kind of defining what it is to be a Christian here. That to be a Christian means that you are someone who has the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. I I think this is an important point for us to understand. Every Christian you've ever met including yourself, if you are indeed in Christ, has the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. This is important because we can have this tendency to begin thinking that that there are perhaps first-class Christians who have maybe a special access to God or have a a special extra helping of blessings that they can deal with the, the problems of the world better than I can because they have the Holy Spirit and who am I to deal with this? And so we we view this, we have this idea that there are some who have the Holy Spirit and other Christians who do not. And, And I'm not 
going to turn into a Pentecostal here, uh, because this is not just for the Pentecostals out there. In fact, I, I know of a Presbyterian pastor who will talk about, mention spirit-filled Presbyterians. I, mean, I ask the question, you mean all of them? He speaks as if there are some believers who have the Holy Spirit and others who don't. But maybe, maybe you, you look at others in your life and you see their lives and it just seems like everything is working for them. They're always making the right decision. It seems like they're being blessed at every corner with, with great blessings. And over here, I, I keep stumbling. I keep messing up. I, I end up making the wrong decision uh, time after time. And you, you look at them and you look at yourself and you just begin to wonder, am I missing something? Do they have something that I don't? Or perhaps you, you feel worn down and you feel that in the pressures of life and and work and whatever is going on, you begin to feel that you are far away from God and that you're covered under a dark shroud from time to time. And you wonder, has God left me? But this verse tells you, if you are in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit has not left you. The Holy Spirit is with you. Every Christian, every Christian, every true believer has the third person of the Trinity, the Almighty Holy Spirit dwelling in them. And if you do not have the Holy Spirit, well, then you're not a Christian. That's what Paul says here. Then you do not belong to Christ. But if you have turned to Jesus Christ in faith and have trusted upon Him, then God gives you His Holy Spirit. And you need to know this benefit of belonging to Christ. That if you are a Christian, if you have believed in the good news of Jesus Christ, and if you have trusted in Him alone for salvation, even when you are stumbling and you are crying out, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence in you. Indeed, it is the indwelling presence of God's Spirit that enables you to believe in Jesus in the first place. And your focus quits being on the blessings of others around you and begin to marvel, God, you are with me? What a love you have for me that you would come and inhabit me, this poor soul. The first benefit in these verses. But secondly, verse 9 tells us that not only does every Christian have the Spirit dwelling in them, but verse 9 also tells us that every true Christian is in the Spirit. Look again at verse 9. He says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. So he's saying, Once you were in the flesh, 
Before you were converted, you were, you were in Adam, the first man who, who failed. And your life was a life where you lived for yourself and for your own glory, not for Christ and for His glory. But the gospel has penetrated into your heart and you now are in the Spirit. Romans 5 helps us to understand this, that basically before God, standing before God essentially are only two men. You have Adam and you have Christ. And all other people are represented by one or the other, either Adam or by Christ. And if you are in Adam, you are in the kingdom of darkness. But if you are in Christ, You've been brought out of that kingdom of darkness and you're brought into the kingdom of light where Jesus Himself reigns. In Jesus Christ, you have been brought out of the kingdom of flesh and brought into the kingdom of grace. And so not only is there a work being done in you that the Holy Spirit is in you and with you, but you are brought into a whole new realm. And what that means is to live in the kingdom of Christ is that you are ruled by a different king. You are ruled by the king of that kingdom. And so your ruler is no longer sin, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Paul does say in verse 9, in the middle there, he says, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. I do want you to hear this and notice this. Why does he do this? Well, he's aware that there are those in the church who take God for granted. There are those who are in the church who take God for granted. There there are those who have maybe all the external things. We'll see this in chapter 9. Things like the the covenants, the law, the, the worship, and yet still do not believe in the one and only Savior, Jesus Christ. The one whom God sent for our salvation. But when the Spirit of God is broken into your heart, you're changed, aren't you? And and, and the one who has your mind set on the things of the Spirit show that you have been brought into a new realm. See, ultimately, the, the Holy Spirit will make Himself known in your life. It will be known that you live in the kingdom of Christ because the Holy Spirit who indwells you will always produce fruit. There will always be fruit in the believer's life. Now we also get into problems here where we compare with others and we may look at other people and look at all the great things that they're doing over here. What about me? What do I have to show? And At times there may not be much if you're honest with yourself. Maybe very little. And sometimes people may look at you and you may look at yourself and say, I can't really be a Christian. But I do wonder if you you read your New Testament and you consider certain people that the New Testament talks about in the Old Testament. Look look at Hebrews 11 sometimes. We call this chapter the the hall of fame or hall of faith, the heroes of our faith. And you begin looking at them. You see Abraham. You see Moses. And you're like, okay, great. And then you see Samson, you're like, I don't know about him. I mean, he was strong, but he had some real problems. And then you see Jephthah, and you're, what in the world is going on? 
You look at it and wonder, what are they doing there? And yet we see in Hebrews 11, these are yet men who are saved by God. Because God is a God who is rich in mercy. And God who gives you His Holy Spirit, He will see even the smallest fruit in the Spirit. Now, this does not mean you can just keep on sinning, go on sinning. That kind of thinking will lead you to hell. Because that's how a a non-Christian will think. Well, it's all grace, and why don't I keep sinning? Does Paul say you ought to know the answer by now? By no means. But if you're struggling, if you're in a time of struggle, and your your life seems to be surrounded by, by weakness and hardship and struggle, What a blessing it is to know that God is a God of mercy. And sometimes a seed, when it's it's planted, is is buried and and the shoot may come up and you may not even see it because it might just be barely rising above the dirt. But God knows the fruit. He knows His fruit and He sees it. He knows who belong to Him, who are in Christ Jesus. He knows those who have been brought into His kingdom. If you've been brought into his kingdom, you will not be lost. However weak your faith may be, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, then you have the Holy Spirit. And you have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and have been brought into the kingdom of Christ. And there may be days where you will say with Paul, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So God brings us, the Spirit brings us into, uh, God brings us into His Spirit, into His kingdom. And thirdly, uh, we see as well that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will bring life into the Christian's soul. Look at verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. When you read this verse, it probably pops out to you that there's this contrast going on. You have a body which is dead, and it's a body that is marked for death. But then he says, but your spirit is alive Because of righteousness. What are the wages of sin? You know the answer. The wages of sin is death. Your body. You all know this, and if you don't, you ought to know this. Your body will one day die. You will one day die. But if you are in Christ, when your body dies, you need to know and you need to trust that your soul will have eternal life in union with Jesus Christ. Because the Spirit makes us alive through righteousness. What righteousness, you may wonder? What righteousness is he speaking of? He's speaking of justification. He's speaking of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, 
our spirits are brought to life. Our hearts are brought to life. The Spirit of God will inhabit your inmost being and give life to you. And even though when you notice and you see my outer man is wasting away day by day in front of my very eyes, be able to say that my inner nature is being renewed day by day. You see, the Holy Spirit brings new life through the righteousness of Jesus Christ into the hearts of new believers. When we come by the indwelling Spirit of God, we come alive to God. We come alive to Him. We come alive to His Word. Alive to His service. We, we become alive to Him. For those of you who have been a Christian for some time and remember the, the time when you were converted, the time you came to Christ and believed upon the Lord, what was it like for you? Did your interests change? I'm certain it did. Isn't it interesting how things that were unimportant to you before you might have thought uninteresting at best or Probably you thought useless. Let's say worship at church on Sunday evening now becomes my great desire to be in the house of the Lord with God's people, to worship Him. The Spirit gives new life. And He changes us. And, and, and we, we desire to be with God and to know God. And we study His Word and we understand His Word in, in, a, in a fresh way that just breathes fresh air into our souls. The Spirit gives new life. And when the Lord's Day comes, Sunday after Sunday, doesn't it fill your heart with joy to, to come together with the people of God? To worship the, the living God. What a, what a privilege it is to be here tonight. What a privilege it is to sing the songs that we've sung. In the presence, with, with the audience of God receiving our worship. And you think back before your conversion and you think, I, I, if I'm honest with myself, I, I really was serving myself. That was my great concern. But now through the Spirit, I am alive now to serve God, to love God, that He is my great concern. And you begin to realize, what a great honor. It's, It's the highest honor, isn't it? That we've been allowed to do anything. We've been allowed to do anything for Him who has loved us and has given His only Son for us. What a privilege and joy. And you begin to see and think and understand how the Spirit gives new life to my heart. But fourthly, we'll see He not only gives new life to our hearts, our souls, but He transforms our bodies as well. Look at verse 11. It says this, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. 
So I, you all know, I've served over the seas, not very long, but for four years. But it's been interesting. I, before I went, I didn't have any gray hair. And now that I've come back, I've had people say to me, hey, have you heard of Just for Men, Ben? And I look at myself in the mirror and I begin to realize, you know what? I'm getting older. And you know what? I, there are days where I feel weary. Remember at a, a former church where I served, it was a joy sometimes when we had Presbytery meetings. The pastors and the elders would all ride together to the Presbytery meeting. And, and I loved the conversation on the way. Not because we talked about deep spiritual or theological uh, issues, but because I was surrounded by, by elderly men who spent the entire time telling me about all the surgeries they've had, all the joints they've had replaced, and the problems that they're currently experiencing. And they would give me advice on different hospitals in the local areas and which doctors I should check out. It just became a constant refrain I'm getting older. I can't do what I used to do. And we grow weary. We grow weary. But there will be a day when we have new bodies that will not grow weary again. There will come a day when your body will not only function well, But it will not be in a state of pain. And it will not be slowly or quickly falling apart in any way. Because we see what has happened to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit raised Him from the dead. And what happened to Him in His resurrection, this verse tells us, will happen to the believer as well. Because Jesus has been raised, all who are united to Him in faith will be raised too. And our bodies will be transformed. And you'll look in the mirror, and you know what? You may not even recognize yourself. I'm not saying you'll be a different person, but you won't see those marks of sin or decay. Just thinking about Jean Dean's sister, Frankie. We've been praying for her on Wednesday nights for a long time. And if you're like me, I, I've never met her. But I was told she's, she's a believer. You know what that means? It means one day I'll have a chance to meet her. That her story is not over. The Christian hope is not the immortality of the soul. The Christian hope is the resurrection of the body. You see, Jesus' resurrection was not merely a, a powerful idea that kind of altered the way the Western world thinks. It was physical. It was, it was real. What did Jesus tell doubting Thomas? Come here, touch, see, believe. And on that day when Christ returns, those who are dead in Christ will rise. The Spirit will give you a new body and the new heavens and the new earth will be filled with new and glorified bodies. And let me tell you something, if you are in Jesus Christ, that is in front of you. 
That will come. And so whatever difficulties you have in your days today, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead indwells you. He will give life to your mortal bodies as well. You receive the Spirit of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we'll see again later in chapter 8 that Holy Spirit will not be taken away from you. Nothing and no one will take the Holy Spirit away from you. And so the question really is, are, are you in the Spirit? Or are you in the flesh? Have you come to Jesus Christ and trusted upon Him and His righteousness alone? Or are you seeking to somehow save and salvage your soul some other way? If you are a Christian, you need to know that sin will always trouble you and there will be sin around you. Sin will trouble you until the day you die. But if you are in Christ, though it may trouble you now, it will not follow you into glory. Are you in the Spirit tonight? If you are, you need to know third person of the Trinity indwells you, resides in you, that you belong in a new and glorious kingdom even now, even today, and that the life that is yours is a new life that not even death can snuff out. And the day of resurrection awaits you. You see, this is the pastoral care that Paul gives to these Roman Christians in a hostile world. He reminds them, this is what God has done for you. He has given you His Holy Spirit and has united you to Jesus Christ. May this be a meditation for you that you would be able to press on to the upward upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Whatever the difficulty whatever the problem, whatever hangs over your head, know the benefits of belonging to Christ. Let's pray. Our Lord, what joy we have to belong to you. Though we admit we often forget this, because we do have our dark and troubled days. But even in such hours and days, you'd never leave us. You will not forsake us. And your promises will carry us through. So help us to rest in you and to walk in the Spirit, to believe in Christ and to keep on believing in Christ. That we would draw near to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.